I thought I knew a lot. And then I realized that until I could truly understand the body, I was never going to be able to understand the mind. Imagine if every moment of every day was unscheduled, unknown, and uncertain. Where you had to choose between your life and the life of another. Where you were deployed somewhere in the world to face an unknown threat and an unseen enemy. This is the podcast designed to serve those who serve us. So join me as we unpack and uncover why we do what we do when we do it from life's most extreme moments. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman, and this is Mindset Radio. Today, uh, really episode 1A of the first week of the podcast, what I wanted to do was really begin to lay a foundation for what's coming in the future and really begin to understand what the hell a mindset is, why you need it, where it lives in the body. And so my guest today is my good friend, Dr. Doug Brackman. Uh, from here in San Diego, Doug's a uh, total educational freak, so he's a double doctorate uh, psych, uh, both organizational and clinical. Doug's done uh, just a tremendous amount of work with entrepreneurs and business leaders, pro athletes, and uh, even several guys out of the community, uh, some that are who's, who are still operating and then others that have just kind of come home and decided to make that transition and Doug's been pretty integral in their life. And so before we get to it, what I want you to know from me is, you know, there are, there's a series of psychologists that I really respect out in the world. And Doug is definitely uh, towards the top of that list. Uh, And some days at the top of the list and then some days not. (laughs) But but no, Doug's definitely up there uh, within this kind of small community of, my opinion, psychologists that actually get it and understand Uh, how to unwind and unravel and deal with all the stuff that we deal with, uh, given the lives that we've chosen to lead. So uh, with that, Doug, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. I greatly appreciate the introduction. We are, uh, how long have I known you? A couple of years now. A couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years. Feels like we're just having another one of those conversations. Another, another one, yeah. I, you know, I, I wish we had been recording over these years. You know, so I'll, I'll share with you real quick. The first time Doug and I met, uh, we met in my office, and I think we spent the next four hours geeking out on the whiteboard. I was doing a bunch of behavioral work with uh, naval special warfare and a bunch of heart rate variability analysis, and Doug and I just uh, basically filled the whiteboards in theory and practice and had a blast and kind of decided I think there were like two or three team guys in the room that yeah, they just left 15 right they just left right. they were just like okay we're out uh, so listen Doug what I want to do today is really help the audience begin to build a foundation for what a mindset is because really there's a lot of garbage out there oh man yeah yeah and you know, where does, where does this mind live in the body? You know, you teach a very cool model to kind of help us understand how we work. And, you know, what's really fun is we've seen that we're over the last decade or so, you know, psychology has really been turned upside down. And really it's a, an exploration of our biology that matters, that begins to give us some, some practical capability to begin to shift what we're, what we're up against. Yeah, it is an amazing time to be alive and in this field and why 
watching what's happening. Um, mindset, the word, I don't even know how many publications there are about that. Too many. Tens of thousands. Um, what drives me insane is that this, this narrative in your head is not your mind. Right. It is, that is your brain. And, you know, the tip of your toes to the top of your head is your mind. Interesting. This entire thing that we're living in um, is the mind. And this mindset, it'd actually be better called body set. You know, that your readiness for action in the body is really what it's all about. Interesting. And the resistance we have to being ready, the resistance you have to going into a gunfight or into a burning building, is, you know, no narrative in your head is going to get you to run through that door. And so it's this body is the real issue. And an amazing time to be a shrink just because it's, um, you know, the cognitive behavioral therapy and NLP, you know, linguistic programming in your head uh, can help, but it's not a solution. And so part of my training, and I am an educational junkie, for lack of a better word, I have been in the trauma healing world for the last 10, 15 years. And amazing field to really explore how these patterns in the body are really what sabotage us. That it's our resistance to going through the door, or the resistance to returning the email, or whatever you want to call it, um, is basically, you know, trauma. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So here's the thing about it, right? This isn't necessarily a, a look at uh, recovery or post stuff. This is this is stuff that makes a difference, like every day in my operations, in my capacity to do my job. You know, in dealing with whatever I've got to deal with, whether it's a burning building or a gun in my face or, you know, uh, a domestic dispute or or going home and talking to my wife. Right, exactly. Or seeing my children or all of it, right? It kind of all, it all collapses into that space. Uh, Yeah, so I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. It's just, it's as a psychologist and I would go from, you know, business psychology, organizational psychology that was just good stuff, you know, group dynamics and really how do teams form and what is leadership, and then I'd go into the most hippy-dippy clinical psychology, <laughs> let me hold your hand and tell you everything's okay, you know, courses and teachers and just the contrast between what is the real world and what is psychology um, was just right in my face. And over the last, that was in the early mid-90s, I really did most of my graduate work. And then the last 10 years, really the advent of the functional MRI and, you know, this cracking of the human genome and so much has been discovered about how how really tied to our biology we really are that we can't escape from it. But now we get to actually look into the body and really see that, you know, the, the... mindset that we have towards you know going through a burning building is not in some new narrative you need to create in your head it is what's in your body and you don't want to go charging into a burning building mindlessly right yeah and so you know the practical application nor do you want to go talk to your wife mindlessly and just go chatter right get you in trouble totally (laughs) yeah i don't know which would be worse which i've never experienced before whatsoever so, you know, the, the passion I have, and, you know, you mentioned it the intro to me, you know, psychologists that don't have their head up their ass, 
that just aren't on woo-woo, la-la land, you know, that are real practical application of, of, you know, just how we function as a human animal. Yeah. And so that's been my passion is really breaking that down in just the nuts and bolts and keeping it as simple as I can. The last couple of years, Jeff has really helped me get, you know, parsimony. I'd love to theorize to no end, but just keep it simple. And then that simplicity allows us to apply it to really tools and tricks and um, how to just be better and be safer. Yeah, I mean, what's the... So if it's not the... If the narrative in our head, the voice that runs, that seems to run the show often, that tells us, you know, whether we're doing good, whether we're doing bad, whether we're a turd or a piece of shit or a failure, whatever it is, right, versus what's going on in the body, like... How do you, you know, use an interesting model to kind of break down the original mind versus the new right. minds? What, what does that look and like? And so, understanding, you know, how the human being functions. You know, we have basically two operating systems. One incredibly old. It has been around for, you know, parts and pieces of it for well over a billion years. And then we have one that's relatively new. And this thinking slow and thinking fast, they really do operate differently. But the key of this is that they're operating at the same time, the similar, you know, they're, they're processing information in real time together. Interesting. And so, you know, which one are you is kind of the, the, you know, the ultimate question. So what I do and what I've created over the last 10 years, and with Jeff's help, kept very, very simple, uh, is just a basic understanding of how these two different systems operate and then are also in conflict together or in this wonderful magical thing called flow where they're actually working together. Mm. And that's the, the key takeaway to you know understanding is the basic first step and then really optimizing is you know, once you get the understanding, then you can really optimize. Yeah, we talked about where, you know, like the, the great Buddha... You know, describes us as, you know, embody a uh, Indian elephant, right. right, with a bunch of monkeys on top trying to control us. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that is the, that's a very old metaphor. And, you know, the Buddha, who was not a messiah figure, he was just a wacko psychologist like me, um, noticed that, you know, people don't seem to be in control of themselves all the time. Mm. And that, you know, this this... Indian elephant, he observed, you know, no matter who's riding it on top, no matter how big their stick is, and no matter how sharp the nail is, if the Indian elephant smelled another Indian elephant in heat, and you were sitting on top of the male Indian elephant, you're going for a ride no matter how hard you're beating that elephant. Sure. This impulse, you know, overrides the ability to control themselves. Hmm. And the same thing happened with sugarcane. Sugar, very interestingly, the elephant loses it and goes into the sugarcane field. And third thing was beer. So, beer, beer, near and dear to my heart. If you get an elephant hooked on beer, man, it's it's an interesting, interesting day. Yeah. So that led to this, you know, amazing, you know, cascade of research about who's really in charge of us. Is it the elephant or is it the monkey mind? And you know, looking at that and building up that research. Um, Simply, it is the elephant ultimately that wins. That wins. Interesting. And that's my doctoral research. You know, this is why January just sucks at the gym 
because everybody's monkey mind has got this great plan, great scheme about how they're going to do it different this year. And you get a gorilla up there and you get a bunch of cheerleaders up there, you know, cheering on the elephant and or beating the crap out of the elephant, go back to the gym. But what happens in February, March, April, you know, by mid-February, most people don't even remember their um, New Year's resolutions. So what happens is, is the elephant starts to resist. And it's a subconscious, pre-conscious resistance to actually change. Okay. And so that resistance of change, um, you know, I've got a lot of narrative around it, but very simply, it is just unfamiliar. And so the same thing happens to lottery winners, same thing happens when you get thousands of examples about why we sabotage ourselves. Why do you hesitate, you know, to do things that are both positive and negative? Yeah, I mean, I think that's an interesting conversation. And so when we look at it, you know, it's one thing. And, and if I know I'm going to, you know, part of this podcast, my job is to speak for the people listening, right? <laughs> speak for the, the, it's like when I teach anybody, when they, you know, walk in a room full of firemen, I'm like, all right, we're going to, we're going to leave judgment at the door because I know the room is, you know, full of judgment. And so, you know, but here's what I, here's what's interesting about it. You know, it's one thing to talk about the gym. Right, And then it's another thing to talk about the level of work or operations these guys are faced with. You know, and so the old kind of saying and some things, it's like, you know, you revert to your lowest level of training or your highest level of training. You revert to uh, yeah, kind of what you know in that moment, that, that right? We do not rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Interesting. And that's a very old, yeah. It's a Greek saying from way back in the I mean, way back in the original, you know, gladiator days, and it is talking about flow. Really, the, the punchline to everything Jeff and I, you know, talked about and we geek out on is really how to work with the elephant, right? Rather than try to overpower it or beat the shit out of yourself to get into well, and that's, Right, so that's where you run up against these, you know, this is where the interesting model comes into play, because you run up against these moments of conflict where the narrative, yep. you know, the monkey mind is saying one thing, there is a logical order of thought that is occurring around, you know, what you should be doing or what you, you know, are supposed to be doing versus what the elephant is telling you to do in a particular moment in time, and... You know, and in a later episode, we're going to talk about kind of the trauma of training and where trauma resides in the body and why we're trained the way we're trained, right? But in the idea that says uh, that I'm up against something, that that conflict, cognitive dissonance, causing hesitation in key and critical moments where you don't have time. Exactly. Right. And so it's this is this is why it's so interesting to me. This is why. To me, I think the community as a whole has struggled to understand mindset or to accept some of the patternings of mindset, some of the NLP stuff and the things that are out there. Because, you know, as, as a former fireman being out in the world, stuff, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to go through and make this whole logical decision. And I don't really give a shit what somebody thinks I should be doing. I'm going to act based on the conditions as they exist and that is an embodiment experience rather than a narrative experience exactly it's it's anything that requires you to really be embodied downhill skiing snowboarding whatever is this process of really getting out of the getting out of the way of the body yes and you know 
if you think about how you're going to go down the moguls, you know, before you go down, great. But when you're in the moguls, you're no longer thinking in the classic sense. The narrative has gone away. Right. And that's this core bit, and I think it's a, you know, the classic Buddha question, or the classic question I ask everybody, who is a Jeff or who is a Doug? Am I the monkey mind or am I the elephant? And as you pause on that, you know, who, I'm like, wait a minute, who am I? Um, am I that narrative in my head? Am I the cheerleading monkeys or am I the, you know, big asshole gorilla that beats the crap out of me all the time? Or am I the guy in my body that actually knows how to downhill ski or knows how to, you know, operate a gun? Whatever it is, and it's, it's a trick question. And very simply, the answer is you are both, obviously, and neither. And it's that third element, this, this ability to foster something called insight to where you're able to actually hear the monkey mind and to see what your great thoughts are and your judgments are. That's really the function of the monkey mind is to judge. And thinking is not bad. Thinking is wonderful. And that ability to also then feel the impulses in the elephant. And that's this thing called, you know, interioception. We get down wormholes with that. But really it's just your, your body awareness, you know, that you can visualize and then feel what it's like to go down that hill with mobiles. Yeah. Before you do it. Yes. And that is where practice, and we'll talk later, I'm sure. Visualization practice. Visualization and all this really cool stuff that your body can practice in its mind and actually you can experience it in the elephant what it will feel like to go down the moguls. Yeah, I, I would always Perfectly. teach... Right, I would always teach, you know, the first time you're going to do something isn't the first time you want to have experienced you something. You got it. Right. And so that insight... The observer. The observer. You know, Eckhart Tolle, the pop philosophy, that observer... All the stuff the guys listen to don't no, read. Don't they, read. They have no idea. <laughs> right. All this Some of them do. Actually, actually, it's been pretty interesting to... To get it, you'd be surprised. Yeah, yeah what they what they read by themselves and yeah, don't talk about. Absolutely, um, which I have found to be true also. And it, it's but very simply, you know, it's just this observer that you can see and hear the layers of thought in your head and see and experience the impulsive. You know, you can feel your ass stuck to the couch, and you can hear the monkeys beating the crap out of you. Go to the gym. Go to the gym. Go to the gym. And, you know, which one are you? Right. And uh, that feeling of resistance in the body is the key takeaway when it's not creating a new narrative in your head. You're not, you know, that's the CBT and the linguistic programming. will just come up with a new narrative about what a badass you are and therefore you're going to... And it actually doesn't help you overcome the resistance. Yeah, I mean, I think... It's not training the body. Right, and, that's, and we've talked about that before, which is like, how do I rewire the elephant? Yeah. How do I, uh, you know, NLP's great uh, in some ways for a period of time, right? You can you can build a gorilla to get you somewhere, uh, but it's not going to, the change is not permanent, is not lasting. Right, and it actually doesn't help you perform better. Yes, and yeah. that is the, the key part of this that's, real, and that's what we give a shit about. Right. Is performance. Yep. You know, how do you think you did? I don't care. Right. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, Jeff and I talk a lot about that moment of, you know, just post-analysis to where you're really just reflecting on, how did I do? And it's not, oh, I did great. 
Yeah. No, you want to see how, how you screwed up. Yeah. Because it's, then you can make yourself better. And, and, that's really the core of this. Absolutely. I mean, I love the, you know, and, and you and I have talked about this. You got a guy, you got a room full of guys, team guys or whoever, you're doing an after-action analysis. And the question is, did you produce the results you wanted to produce? And the only answer you can give is yes or no. Or no. Right. There is there is nothing point. more. I love that when you do that with people. You know, there is. And, and, and if yes, cool. Great. Let's sit in the yes for a minute and then let's look at how we do it bigger, stronger, faster, better. But if it's no... Just be with the no for a minute. Without a but afterwards. Yeah, Either it's not no but, no but because, yes, but. or wells, or none of that stuff's allowed. It's like, just be there for a minute, and then we will look at why, yeah. or what happened, or what we did, and what we need to learn from it. But it's a big difference between, you know, creating what we call this heritage of experience, right? This this understanding of what happened, good, bad, different, ugly, right, wrong, doesn't matter, it's just a blank look at the at what occurred and then the embodiment of that yeah. to move forward to be better, to perform at a better level. And that is building this observer. That is building yeah. insight. Yeah. And if you're judging yourself, you know, constantly, you're missing key elements of actually how did you do? Or how you're doing. I mean, I think one of the conversations exactly. we've had is uh, I had with uh, – one of the talks I gave a couple months ago, you know, we were looking at performance and crucial moments, critical decisions, why people kind of make the decisions they make in those moments. And, you know, judgment isn't just a post-event aspect. No. Like, it's there. Every minute of every day, every second. Simultaneously with your actions. 100%. And I think the guys in the community, I mean, it goes across the fire service, the law enforcement, the military, goes across the community now judgment is almost at the forethought of everyone because it's, oh, it's am I on video? <laughs> yeah, am I on video? I'm going to get jammed up for this. What am I doing? I'm being recorded now. And so it's actually slowing this responsive process yeah. and inhibiting actions that, you know, could be taken in a particular moment in time. And so I think there's, you know, there's so much to it that, that in and of itself, you know, there's a whole thing around judgment I want to I want to explore in a whole different episode, you know, because we can't have a 12 hour podcast, but, <laughs> uh, you know, but I want to get into that in a major way. So, you know, one of the things I want to circle back to so that there's kind of some practical application of some things for these guys. And so you use this model um, and I'm going to put it up on the site. So uh, mindset.com slash, you know, backslash mindset radio, uh, you'll be able to kind of view the episode and the show notes and et cetera. But one of the things I'm going to put up there is this model that you talk about really, you know, when you throw your arm up and you use kind of the base of your arm to use the example as the, you know, the spine, spinal cord, right? Uh, and how that works. Can you give that to me real quick? Yeah, so I'll, I'll shout out to Dan Siegel out of uh, UCLA. You can put that up on the website too. Totally. Um, very simply, you know, it's really giving a, a practical application to the two different operating systems. And we have one below our nose that's comprised of two parts. One is a hardware mechanism, and you know, hardware meaning that trauma or experiences are hardwired into the body. So we're talking about the spinal cord, right. brainstem. And components. so you, you touch a hot stove, classic. You know, you touch a hot stove. Every single cell in that nerve pathway, from where you got burned right up to the spine, remembers that experience. So the next time you touch a hot stove, it actually travels faster. 
why we practice. Right. Once it hits the spine, it reflexively sends back a contraction of muscles to get away from the trauma. And so you have nerve memory and muscle memory. Okay. And so it's very, you know, it's like, duh. Um, but that it's hardwired into the body. What happens next, if the experience was significant or something you're actually trying to pay attention to, it starts to write a software program in the limbic cluster, the fancy word for this, you know, software writer, that is a pattern recognition machine. So it's recording square metal box with four burners on top. So that's the second part of kind of this old system, right? right. The limbic and cluster, fight or flight exists there. That's where all of our right. that responsive is, aspects. That is why amazing research coming out about it. It's why we dream, why we have a lot of... Um, but it is our subconscious or pre-conscious brain. Okay. And so we are constantly scanning. You know, it puts out this giant invisible radar to the world, invisible to us. And it's scanning the environment for pattern scent match previous experience. And, you know, great example, guy I was working with, you know, um, team guy, literally almost threw a, his neighbor's kid's backpack through the front window that after he left his backpack on the front lawn because that triggered, obviously, an experience from a, you know, IED back, you know, he lost a friend basically in a, you know, with a backpack incident. Um, and so that pattern got recognized, released all of this previous experience into his body. And all of a sudden that backpack, you know, made the elephant into this raging mess. Totally. And it's totally understandable. 100%. But the Nader's thought it was nuts and like, what sure. the hell's going on here? Sure, you're broken. Now yeah, we need to fix you. Oh my God. It, right. But it, it's with insight. That ability to see how this subconscious, preconscious radar is constantly working. All of, you know, a lot of the guys explaining why we have sensation in our body, why we have emotion, why we have this thing. Um, it's just meaning making. And so to the neighbors, obviously the backpack didn't mean what it meant to the steam guy. Right. And meaning, meaning it filled his body with hope, danger, threat. Threat. Um, key takeaway of all of this is the second operating system operates differently, significantly differently than the first one in that the, the first one, this basic elephant operates as a real-time operating machine. You scan the neighbor, you scan your front yard, you see something that triggers you, you are going to be immediately filled with this huge amount of energy. That comes secondary into the consciousness or into your monkey mind. And the monkey mind tries to make sense out of it. Right. And that's this gap where we want to be in this observer, if you can be, um, really observing, is the sensations in my body appropriate for actually what's happening around me? <laughs> and so, you know, right. flipping your shit on the neighbor's backpack, you know, is probably not appropriate. But we all get triggered to the point Dan Siegel's thing, we blow our stack, and if you, right. you know, we literally lose control of the elephant, and at times in your life, you know, you want to let the elephant be in complete control, particularly if you're getting shot at or, you know, fire or whatever, yeah. but most of our ex experience here on this planet is really this, this two operating system model 
to where we can reality check the sensations in our body. Right. So that gives that gives me the opportunity to say, okay, uh, you know, we talk, we'll talk later about how in training we traumatize the body, we traumatize the system to enhance this real-time operating machine, right? right? This pattern matching machine. Exactly. So that's where visualization comes in, training, range time, you know, running drills, doing those things. I'm, I'm constantly honing and refining this invisible radar. You got it. So that I'm just on all on the time, it. right? And, and you learn to trust it. And then you begin, yeah, absolutely, you begin to trust it. Learn. It yeah. takes time. It, absolutely. But then... We have this narrative, this voice, this neocortex, this new brain that really, and you say this often, you know, you haven't said it yet, but you say it often where that is really, you know, if, if we have our, our, our limbic clusters, our real-time operating machine, the new brain is really just more, more of a time machine. Exactly. Right? That, it gives us the opportunity to think past and, and future. Exactly. But and it has very little, if any, ability to actually be present. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, has, it really doesn't do anything for us right then and there. We actually have to activate something. We have to like pause or assess and say, okay, I'm, I'm at home. I'm in San Diego. I'm in my neighborhood. There's a backpack on the front lawn. Do I need to, you know, right. have and that? Yeah. That same guy threw a beer through the television set because his wife didn't bring it fast enough. Um, well, yeah. That's another podcast. <laughs> that's another kid. <laughs> But it's this, you know, that ability to slow down enough and not believe nor disbelieve. And that's where judgment really comes in. You know, we are wired to see a long squiggly thing on the ground and immediately match the pattern in our body as a snake. Okay. And we just, that is our go-to, danger. Danger. We're a a fear-based animal and we're here to survive. But is it a stick? Or is it a piece of rope? And it, it's this, you know, it's not, there aren't real snakes in this world. And everything's not sticks. But discernment, that ability to reality check just for a millisecond. Yeah. And that's what all the team guys have done this with. It's like, yeah, it saves a lot of paperwork when you bust into a room and start pulling the trigger. And you pause for a second. Yeah, millisecond. <laughs> millisecond. I, mean, I don't even like to say a full second. I oh, mean, it, it, is it is so fractional moment. good at this. And most of these guys, any of your listeners that have been through real training, uh, you know, and do target training where, you know, the target's flipping and it's a you know, hostage on one side and, you know, not on the other, bad guy on the other. It's remarkable how quick you can get this reflex to have happen. Right. It's pre-thinking. Yeah, so you can you can develop this, right? Oh. And this is where this is where we talk about then operating in that state of flow, yep. where systems are all, all operating together. The monkey mind knows that it needs to not influence right now in this particular moment in time. Right. The elephant knows that it's within its correct spectrum of operations, of you know, of action. Uh, and it's that it's that split second of is it a cell phone or a gun in the guy's hand? Yeah. It is that instantaneous moment, and the brain, the neocortex, will always err on the side of gun. Right. And a lot of paperwork. And so that ability to discern is what you know we're really talking about. This skill of developing the observer. And the observer, it's not oh let me think about it. It is this reflexive you know. We know it's remarkable, particularly in martial arts, and you see this reflexive thinking happening at the same time, and they fall into that state of true flow. Yeah, and I think that's you know, and that's what you get from 
the level of training and operations and experience and the things that you gain over time, whether you move up in, you know, the quality of unit that you're in or the, you know, the years of service. That's right. why, you know, a 20-year guy is different than a five-year guy. That's why all those things, because you're, over time, you are, you know, almost by osmosis developing some of this in a way. What we're pitching, and you, I do mean we, is that you can shortcut it. Yeah, you totally can shortcut it. And that is, you know, judgment. Yep. The monkey mind is not where you want to be working. Right. You want to meet the body with this profound curiosity that, you know, did you did you perform yes or no? And if the answer is no, you've got so much more to learn. <laughs> because then your body, how did your body not do what it was supposed to do? Right. You're not making some narrative about how you're a bad X, Y, Z because of it. Yeah, it's not. Or it's, rationalizing or justifying or excusing or defending yourself right. to your wife. <laughs> to anybody, right. To the board, to whoever it is, right. you know, and literally even if, even if the answer is no and it, you know, and it was a split second judgment call. Yeah. You just, you made the call based on the information you had at the time. You made the right call based on the information that you had at that time. Uh, are there things to learn from that? 100%, always. You know, so it's interesting. I want to, I want to kind of close the session out here because we've got, got plenty more to go on, right? Uh, a lot more podcasts to go on. But what I want to look at really for the last little bit of this is how do I, if I'm a cop or I'm a fireman or I'm a military, you know, guy, operator, person, woman, doesn't matter. What do I do? Great knowledge. Okay, cool. I get this. I'm listening. I bought it for, you know, I've, I've given given an hour of my time what do I actually do now so discernment between monkey mind and the elephant is is you know if you master the basics you, you become a master yeah and that the basics of this is that who is really in charge of me in that curious open way and you know mindfulness gets a bad bad rap as it should because what a lot of people are pitching out there is a bunch of crap Um, (laughs) it goes through waves of popularity but the mind is the body yeah and mindfulness is you know not pride it's not you know this how how did i do it's really this curiosity around you know the impulsive elephant had resistance to going through the door you know 20 minutes late to your wife and you know she's pissed and it's like, you know, is it really, you know, what does my monkey mind need to do then? Right. You know, I don't need to come up with an excuse. I don't, but it's that process of using this all day long of developing this toolkit of really observing yourself without that judgment. Yeah. I think when you can do that, where you find yourself is a place of seeing the conditions as they are. Yep. And, and very rarely does that ever happen. You know, we're always, we're seeing things as we think they are or some version of it or, you we know. actually see things the way we feel. Yes. That's a good, that's a good way to put it, right? <laughs> and if I feel tired and I feel pissed off and I feel like I had a shitty day and my wife gives me a dirty look after I'm 20 minutes late, man, game on. Right. And that's normal. Yeah. That is, but normal. It, it's that ability to actually really see what I'm missing. Interesting. 
And, you know, does my elephant actually reflect what's happening around me? And, you know, I'm pissed and I'm hurt and I'm tired and I'm, you know, but I'm walking through the door of my house and the day's over. So obviously there's a pause, hopefully, before I open the door and walk through that I'm able to actually take a breath and just slow down and really look around and see my environment for what it is, allowing my you know, central nervous system, allowing the elephant just to freaking lighten up for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and, or as my wife would call it, pull the stick out of my ass. That too. Right. And it, it's, so it's not some hippy-dippy crap. It's real practical, um, and this stuff works. It makes your life easier. It does. <laughs> and, you know, being teachable, you know, is not learning some new narrative in your head. It's allowing your body just to be more open to what's really happening around you. And that teachability is just, God, because then, you know, that's ask anybody's wife or husband, you know, that, you know, if I'm teachable and my wife's talking, man, it's a good, good, it's a conversation. Right. If yes, then it's a conversation. I'm it's... <laughs> That's not a conversation. Yeah, so, I mean, so just the just the willingness to sit back, like right now, take a deep breath, yeah. hold it for a second, and just let it out. You know, who cares what pattern you're doing? Just one breath, and like on the out breath, look around, like anchor yourself now. Like there's a bird flying, or that leaf is, you know, blowing in the wind, or just something that brings you here yeah. right now is actually a pretty amazing experience in and of itself. Right. And if you very quickly, most people will experience the judgmental monkey mind chattering in. If you want to judge something, you know, a tool trick that I give to most people is really that curiosity. What's happening in my body? Does it actually match what's happening outside of me? Using your eyes, using your ears, using your smell, using all your senses. And... That's a trick question because it's impossible to answer. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, how, how, excuse my French, but how the fuck would you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, maybe I'm a little too anxious or not enough. It's like, <laughs> well, what the, but the point is, is really being open to exploring that, even if it's for half a second before you respond to your wife. Or um, whatever. Or right. whatever. Or, you know, pull the trigger. That ability to actually just, and then let the, you know, just slow down for a, a brief second and that's all it takes and it's practical it's real and it, it is remarkable how different your days become yeah yeah I, I think that's pretty awesome and I think that's where I want to try to cap it off here what I'll do is I'll I'll get a I'll get a write-up up here on uh on mindset.com slash back mindset radio I'll put some of the tools we talked about some extra little goodies in there and then I think we've got you know a definitely another series of episodes that'll, that, oh, yeah. that that you'll come back on for as we intertwine through uh, some other things because I think there is real value in beginning to understand one how we work right how we're actually wired as human beings why we're wired very particular ways yep. and then what we are doing in each and every moment you know life doesn't occur in 24 hours life occurs millisecond by millisecond by millisecond and we're not there enough so uh, I really appreciate you taking the time today to come on the show and uh, good time as yeah, always good good conversation thanks for listening to mindset radio
If you like today's show and want to know more, check us out at opmindset.com backslash mindset radio. That's opmindset.com backslash mindset radio. You'll have all the show notes and bonus materials from today's show. Please don't forget to subscribe and make sure to leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure to check out our sponsors and stop by opmindset.org. That's opmindset.org to learn more about how we're mentally, physically, and emotionally preparing those who choose to place themselves in harm's way through the Operational Mindset Foundation. I'm your host, Jeff Bandman, and we'll see you next time on Mindset Radio.